Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on HerFantasyFootball.com so you know what we're doing this offseason. Also, you can chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. And I'm Ashley Williams. And I'm Brandon Marianne Lee. And this is our first show with our new teams. Last last podcast we drafted our new teams that we'll be covering in 2016, and this year we or this podcast we get to talk about it. So this is rather exciting, ladies, or Can not you, exciting, depending on what teams you. I was going to say, draft. I know, I know. It's yeah. I don't have the 49ers, <laughs> so I'm pretty pumped about this season. That's all I have to say. I realized I know little to nothing about the Atlanta Falcons. Right, right. Well, I mean, like, it's like Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman. Well, Matt, and they were busting my chops earlier. They're like, how do you have that much to say about the Chargers? And I'm like, I've never covered the Chargers. It's exciting. Well, maybe I did a few years ago, but like, it's been a long time since I've covered the Chargers. So it's exciting. Yeah. There's a lot to catch myself up on. <laughs> so it's not about you guys tonight. It's about us. Oh. So enjoy <laughs> the ride. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're going to hop right into it. Brandon, the Oakland Raiders, man. Oakland Raiders. Yeah. You know, this division is going to be tough. This division is going to be out of control tough, I think. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, I, I feel bad for the Raiders. There's, there's too high of expectations on them, I think. And I understand why. You know, they've upgraded on defense. You know, they have, you know, an offense that's really young and, and you know, operating on all cylinders. You're excited about this team. But, man, you know, I shouldn't reserve a little of that optimism. I mean, it's still the Raiders. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, the big talk is actually whether or not they're going to go to Las Vegas. We're not going to hear about that, you know, in in any sort of definitive terms anytime soon. But it is a cool idea to have a team in Vegas. You know, one of the big debates about that is that there's no home field advantage because people are going to be like, oh, great, my team's playing in Vegas. I'm going to go. It's true. Right? I mean, seriously, I didn't think about that before. But, you know, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, why not? If the Broncos are playing in Las Vegas, let's make a trip out of it. Now, that's great, unless you're a Raider. And then you're only like $100 (laughs) flights from Denver. Yeah, you're right, because nobody ever flew to Oakland to see their team play before. No. So this would be a big change. This would be a big change. (laughs) I'm sure there are a few people. But, Actually, you know uh, what? My husband is a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and he lived, grew up in Alaska. And his mom took him to a game when he was 11. I think he was 11. And he didn't know better. And he wore his Kansas City Chiefs jersey to, in the Oakland Stadium. And, I mean, oh. luckily he sat next to a really nice Raiders guy. He's like, here, I brought an extra T-shirt. My buddy was supposed to – thought he needed one you should probably just put it over your jersey just during the game. You know, it's fine. <laughs> we all know you're a Chiefs fan now, but you know Aww. you don't know how this game's going to go. And you want to sure, live. You want know. to live. It's okay. You're 11. And I mean, he got harassed for that jersey at 11 year old, so his mom <laughs> felt really bad. But, yes, I guess people do go to Oakland. But 
Well, and to be fair, they are the best dressed fans. I mean, they are. They, Absolutely. I just Absolutely. no getting around it. So yeah. I, I respect that. Yeah. Uh, as far as the news is concerned, the Oakland Raiders tight end Clive Walford uh, had a knee injury, but is expected to be clear well before the beginning of training camp. He did not participate in organized team activities, which, by the way, sometimes we're asked what OTAs stand for. That's it. Organized team activities. It's so like it's a it's yeah, like organized team activities. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like making friends, yeah, we're making colors. friends. New season, new people. Right. So yeah. don't freak out. Clive Walford's coming back, and he will be one of those sleeper tight ends that people are going to be pretty excited about. Justin Tuck and Charles Woodson both retired from the Raiders, so they focused on beefing up their defense. But again, this is a fantasy show. So uh, as far as what I'm encouraged about. The big discrepancy between Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree right now when it comes to ADP, which also... Um, uh, average draft average, position. Gosh. <laughs> I wrote it down wrong. So anyway, average draft... So yes, anyway, the, the ADPs between the two of them. I hear I'm trying to be educational, and then I'm the one who flubs up. It's 1 o'clock in the morning for me, so I'm like... Anyway, uh, Crabtree finished the season with 146.2 fantasy points in standard scoring and 85 catches. Meanwhile, Amari Cooper ended with 140.7 and 72 catches. Now, those are close numbers, but right now, Amari Cooper is going off the board as the 22nd overall pick when it comes to the mock drafts and the kind of MFL 10s and other drafts that are happening early. Whereas Crabtree is going in the 8th round. That is a crazy discrepancy yeah. between the 2nd and the 8th round. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think there's going to be that big of a difference between their stats again. I, I do think that Amari Cooper will take a step forward, but I don't think they're going to ignore Crabtree. So I think there's some real value there with Crabtree. I'm interested in watching that this offseason. Well, and they have to remember that, you know, Amari was getting shut down. You know, and, and Crabtree didn't have that defense. And so even if Amari does step up, he's still going to be double teamed, you know? So my expectation is that he produces a double teams this year. To me, that's the leap he has to make this year. He has yeah. to do it. To skyrocket himself into what truly that elite receiver category. I mean, it wasn't expected last year, but this year... In my opinion, it's expected. Listen, Cooper, you can drop you can drop half of your passes as long as you catch the other half like Mike Evans does. That's right. That's all we ask of you. He's still got you the fantasy. So That's I, right. think Amari, I think I think Amari Cooper's gonna do it this year. I feel it. Let's go Kansas City Chiefs. It's funny that you mentioned Mike Evans because I am, if you can't tell, in a completely different space than usual. I am in Tampa in a hotel room right now. <laughs> and I had maybe not spoken very fondly of Mike Evans on my trip here for work. And I was like, I'm never in Tampa. I uh, completely forgot my surroundings and got demolished. And I was like, I'm just going to back off this fight. Back it off. Back it off. Back it off. Um, it's, not, it's not worth it. Not worth it. But <laughs> speaking of which, too, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm totally going rogue, which Courtney's going to hate me for because she tries to keep this on track. But if you haven't mm -hmm. noticed here, you're going to see me drinking out of this. I am drinking a pop, ladies. You know I never drink pop. Ever. Because the, you know when you travel somewhere and you taste the water and you're like, oh, oh. That's just oh, sad. No. It's just different. I can't, drink the, I can't drink the water here. And my hotel is sold out of water bottles. Sold oh, no. out. So I've been drinking Diet Coke in the morning with my vitamins and with everything. And 
Pop does not treat me well, so I apologize if things go awry during this show. I you have to understand. Yeah, Ashley's a very texture person, flavor person, so this is since childhood. This has not changed. It will never change. She's very particular <laughs> about what goes in her mouth when it comes to food, so... Uh, doesn't I surprise. felt better because the, the locals were like, oh, you don't drink the tap water. You have to drink bottled. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I go to my hotel room, and literally all the vending machines in this entire hotel are sold out of water. <laughs> oh, no. So I got the, the end of the world. I, I got the vitamin water, which is even worse than Diet Coke. So literally I've only been surviving on Diet Coke for four days. Moving well, on. we're not going to get sponsorships from vitamin water. <laughs> <laughs> not, well, not, not tropical citrus vitamin water. Not, not that one. Anyway, the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> Jamal Charles. He will be limited in organized team activities, as Brandon said. OTAs, just in case we cover that one again, uh, according to Andy Reid. Um, they're just being cautious with him. Now, what's interesting is this is a tricky one because a lot of people are putting him as a borderline RB2 this year. Due to him turning 30 again, the dreaded 30, because life is over at 30. Oh, um, right. And, and the injury from last year. I actually feel good about him. I have zero statistical reason to feel good about him or medical knowledge behind it. But I actually, I don't know, I just feel good about the guy. I think it's going to be okay. I don't think I'd put him as an RB2. I think you could still draft him as an RB1. So um, I'm actually most excited to see how this plays out with Charles because I think they have a really interesting running back situation. Um, and I'm excited to see them kind of open up for Macklin as well. So that's what I'm most excited about for the Chiefs. And I just always like covering the Chiefs because, you know, Andy Reid, I love him. But you and, gotta draft a hand. And you love Alex Smith. Don't pretend. I do. I do love, love Alex Smith. Smith. I do. So, but yeah. I do agree with Brand. You gotta draft a handcuff for Jamal yeah. Charles right now, especially because we don't. Especially if you have an early draft right now, you definitely have to draft a handcuff because we haven't seen enough out of him to know is he actually at 100. percent But I like him, so I'm excited to watch him throughout the year. There's nothing wrong with handcuffing yourself with an older running back. You should yeah. do that anyways. I ha I drafted Jamal and I last year, and I still handcuffed myself. You know, like. Got to do it. Smart play. Denver Broncos. Peyton Lynch threw his first touchdown in the NFL. Granted, it was at OTAs, but he did not act that way. He was did you just call him Peyton Lynch on purpose? No, I didn't. That's how I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's funny. Oh. oh it's okay. also, Paxton is close to Peyton. She I can't wrote it, Peyton. Go. You should yeah, call guys, every time, people are going to think, like, hello, what an idiot. Sometimes I do do it on purpose. That one was not on purpose. That one was, I wrote it wrong, and I said it wrong because I wrote it wrong. And I read Congrats it to him. Well, congrats yeah. to him. Paxton, I'm proud really of you. He's morphed into Peyton already. So yes, he has, he's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Anyways, he was very, very excited about it, and uh, I like that excitement. I mean, I think that's really cool. He's, like, all over the field. Yeah! It's like the Super Bowl. It's like his moment. I'm into that. Like, I just love it. Um, but it seems like all three quarterbacks are getting time on the field with the first and second team and third string. So we'll see. We'll see how this all goes down. I mean, Mark Sanchez was out there. I mean, he was running seven-on-seven seven drills after just having surgery on his non-throwing hand. So clearly he wants it. He did not want to be sidelined for OTAs. So he got out there and did his thing too. So I'm excited for this quarterback thing. I hope Sanchez plays a little while because I love Sanchez. I mean, I'm sure Peyton will be great too. 
Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, oh, and also the uh, Broncos reached out to running back free agent Arian Foster. So Miami Dolphins are not the only one in the race. I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I don't, I don't like this. I think thinking that Miami is a much better place for Arian Foster. And then part of me is like, I love it because I, I love Arian it. Foster when he's Arian Foster, you know? And if he could be that for maybe even just seven games for the Broncos, that could be huge. But I don't know if he can. I mean, after tearing your Achilles tenant and you're getting a little older, I mean, it's not the best making cuts and whatnot. So I don't know. It's he wants a lot of money. I have a feeling, not veteran money that you think he's wants. Like he could get paid. He wants more money than that. And I don't think the Broncos have. I think they have six million dollars left in their cap space. So I don't think that's enough to pay off Von Miller and Arian Foster. I don't see it happening. But anyways, this is our home team. So I, you know, there are no surprises. I've covered them for almost every single year. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm looking for Demarius Thomas to be the turnaround this year. I really want him to step it up and and turn things around. I just I need it. I need it. I can't not believe in Thomas. So I think Thomas and Sanders are going to have big years this year, no matter who the quarterback is. San Diego Chargers, let the essay begin. <laughs> <laughs> So back in January, Melvin Gordon uh, underwent microfracture surgery on his left knee. Uh, the timetable for her surgery is four to six months, which puts us right at the benchmark right now. The news is that Gordon has participated on field drills and individual drills, but he's not 100%. So he said, I am not where I want to be, but I think I'm ahead of schedule. I'm sprinting pretty well. I'm cutting. No question I'll be ready for training camp. I'm not even worried about that. And for the most part, that's the general consensus. So I don't think you need to be nervous about this surgery either. Obviously, you pair that with his kind of subpar performance last year. That could give you some concerns. That I would understand. Um, but I wouldn't be too concerned about this particular surgery because Travis Kelsey came back from it. It's not a surgery in terms of or even, you know, those actual, like, soft tissue injuries that are actually a little bit more concerning um, in that case. So I, I don't think you should be too nervous about that. You should also feel good about the fact that Gordon, um, he's their central guy. The Chargers have made multiple moves, tighten up their offensive line to ensure that Gordon's the centerpiece of their offense. They are making the moves to make him be the guy. So clearly they have faith in him. They knew they needed to make some adjustments in order to improve his game, and I think they're going to do that. So I think it's, he's definitely worth taking a look at. Um, I, I really do. Now, with that said... Coach said that Woodhead and Brandon Oliver will also be receiving play, but this should not surprise anyone. For me, the only real question is how much time is Brandon Oliver actually going to get? Danny Woodhead, this isn't really, this is not even a non-factor. He doesn't even remotely compete in the same way. He's a different position. Uh, he has a different purpose on the field. So, really, it's the Brandon Oliver situation, and I would probably put my money on Gordon over Oliver in particular. Now, if we turn to the wide receiver part of the San Diego Chargers, we've got Keenan Allen, who is going to continue to be the main target in the air. Again, there's no surprise here. But what I do like is Wisenhunt has expressed some concern that he's going to have to show him that he can beat man coverage against some more stellar cornerbacks in the league. So we are looking at another kind of Amari Cooper situation where the coach is demanding, I need you to step up and be a top guy. You want to be the top guy, you got to make top plays. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds, especially because they picked up Travis Benjamin, free agency, to help stretch the field, which 
in turn could actually help Keenan Allen out. So it's a really interesting mix there. Um, and then you've got tight end Henry, sorry, Hunter Henry, who could be a sneaky pickup this year. He's, you know, been really impressive in team drills um, at the mini camp. He's not going to replace Antonio Gates, but I can see him having some regular play. I think that they're in a position where they're going to want to open up a two tight end set a bit more, and I think that they really like what they're seeing out of Hunter Henry. So he could be a really interesting late round pickup uh, to kind of maybe even to some extent handcuff yourself with Antonio Gates because Gates is father time and getting older and certainly may not be able to play all the games. What? The I dinosaur? Think... Yeah. I think I've heard this story before. It's called the Ladarius Green story. It was on Lifetime. It's on Lifetime. Yeah. 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 It's a good one. It's a good one. I feel like it's actually on the, dis- the Extinction <laughs> Discovery. Uh, <laughs> life after people. Life after Antonio right. Gates. Yeah. Yeah. But Ladarius Green didn't make it out of that documentary. So. No. Yeah. Well, he did. He's on a different team, but uh, he made it out. Yeah, we'll we'll made it out, but not not a, not a story that is San Diego. He didn't. Um, no, I mean, as I said, Gates is still your guy. He's still your guy. But if you needed some crazy low end tight end pick for some reason, I think this guy's got some upside. Nice. What about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Antonio Brown thinks that his time with Dancing with the Stars will help him next year. And actually, former Steelers. Yeah, right? Former Steelers wide receiver Lynn Swan was famous for training with Dance, and he actually gave Dance credit for his football career in 1981 in an interview on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And who lies to Mr. <laughs> Rogers? No one. No one. Not that no glorious one. man in a sweater. Is that what the last Swan Dance is all about? No. Your swan no. song? <laughs> I don't remember discussing this in particular or in depth, but just uh, saying um, Martavis Bryant is out for the season. He decided not to contest the suspension and instead is going to check himself into rehab for depression. So uh, it's a very serious situation, and sometimes, you know, we laugh because, you know, what can you do? But, uh, you know, we wish him the best. It's kind of dark stuff. Hopefully he gets the help that he needs this year. And so talented. He's so yeah. crazy talented. But it is good yeah. for you to know this now so it doesn't create a murky situation for you in your drafting. Right, right. Well, and if you're in a dynasty league, I would hold on to him because I do yeah. believe that the Steelers respect the decision that he's making, getting help. This is uh, hopefully not a Josh Gordon repeat. This hopefully will get resolved. That's uh, where we are with that. Le'Veon Bell uh, was drug tested on 420, which is funny. Um, <laughs> he actually posted good luck with that. Hopefully that doesn't mean he failed. No, it seems that everything's okay. Um, but he also claimed that the Cincinnati Bengals tried to hurt him, which is not so funny. So that happened. Yeah, shots fired right there. Le'Veon Boom. Bell's quite has quite the mouth on him. Yeah, he just says it. He, he makes says it intriguing. He's like... Bloop, I'm going to tweet that. Take yeah. That. I love it. I like it. No filter. I'm Take into it. <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell uh, doesn't believe that his three injuries makes him injury prone either. So uh, if you want him, you got to take him early. Uh, he says that he'll be 100% healthy by training camp. Um, he says he's going to remain physical but also protect himself at the same time. Uh, either way, again, I think this is a Jamal Charles situation. I'd get D'Angelo Williams when I can. Just okay. How high? Okay. How high do you draft him to steal him from the person who drafted Le'Veon Bell? 
I if I have my because that has to be one of the I best blocks yeah. in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I you know you can get Jamal's backup West, but it I think D'Angelo Williams has got to be the best like plug and play. So yeah, oh, you can reach a little sure. bit for him, right? D'Angelo Williams last season was like magic. So um, yeah, I think you can if you just, if you're yeah. feeling exceptionally spiteful. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and you should always be feeling spiteful in drafts. You should. Sure. You should. Yeah. Always. But also in your best interest. Don't just be spiteful. Right. Make sure it's don't in your best be interest. Yeah. But I don't think there is a non-best interest when it comes to D'Angelo Williams in this situation. Seriously. Also, I know this sounds crazy, but the whole no marijuana thing for Le'Veon Bell, I mean, there has been to some extent some studies and, and, and belief in the NFL that smoking weed actually has helped the healing process and injuries in general. So the fact that he's taken that out of the equation, yeah, is another Eugene, interesting foil Eugene in the story. Eugene from Baltimore like went on a big thing about it, about how they should stop giving people pills and start feeding them marijuana. So, yeah. but I think you'd be spiteful we'll and you see. take you take D'Angelo as soon as somebody is drafted. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a systems person, so I don't think you should always handcuff your running backs. I want to make sure because we just talked about two teams where you should, but that's because the system is a one running back system. So right, whoever right. comes in is still going to get fantasy points, as opposed to if it's a, if a committee situation. I don't care about getting a handcuff. Like yeah, I don't right. care about the handcuff for the Bengals. If Giovanni Bernard or Jeremy Hill go down, I have no interest in the next person. Right. Sorry. So that's the difference there. Um, as far as fantasy is concerned, it's an interesting tight end situation. We're speaking of Mr. This is the year he's going to break out and Antonio Gates is going to go away. Ladarius Green, well, he's in Pittsburgh. Um, but they also have a second-year guy named Jesse James <laughs> that they want to develop. So um, don't just draft Ladarius Green thinking that he's going to get the bulk load of the work until you can see what is happening on the field. That is my warning call. Can we just call it Darius Green by his now proper name of Mr. Discovery Channel? <laughs> <laughs> Life after Antonio Gates. Yep. And newsflash, they didn't use Heath Miller when everybody was healthy. So, but Heath Miller so isn't... Well, true, but... Come on now. I mean, I also want to say there's a difference too in that case because Ben had such a relationship <laughs> with Heath Miller. They to did. Mind, that is so relationship-based versus position and offensive scheme like that was his go-to trustworthy guy just because you bring another tight end in does not mean that that guy's gonna get the same attention trust looks offensive schemes change you know I mean Heath Miller was his guy yeah but they don't have Martavis Bryant so someone it's has true. to catch the ball true. I mean Marcus Wheaton obviously yeah Antonio Brown is a god there's Le'Veon Bell D'Angelo Williams maybe they're gonna you know try to switch it up more with those guys in the air. I don't know, but I do think the tight end's going to be used, but they might run two tight end sets. So they're talking about that too. No one yeah. knows. Mike Tomlin is kind of crazy with his play calling and stuff. And he's also Mr. Two Point Conversion. Uh, you know, that's true. There's that's a true. lot going on. So just watch. This is why we have a preseason to see right. what kind of formations they use. That's going to be the most imperative thing going forward. This is why late drafts are better than earlier drafts. This is Correct. your first draft. Don't do it early. Don't do it. Not even angles. So we should chat about the team that apparently purposely tried to hurt Mr. Le'Veon Bell. Jerks. <laughs> Let's chat about it. <laughs> so I want to start off by reminding everyone that the Bengals lost a couple of pretty big offensive players for their team in Marvin Jones, which is the Lions, and Mohamed Sanu, who went to the Falcons. Now, 
This caused them to be aggressive, and they had to draft in the draft and pick up wide receiver in the second round, and that would be Mr. Tyler Boyd. You know, what I like about Boyd is that Boyd knows how to fight for the ball, and he's got body control to make those difficult catches really, really easy for him to do. And I think it's safe to say that he will immediately be incorporated into the offense, possibly opposite of A.J. Green. He definitely will be used in the slot and, and, and in some sort of fashion throughout the season. He's definitely got to keep your eye on in training camp for a potential sneaky pick. I don't think he'll be the starter per se right out of the gate. So you should be able to get him in a really good value spot. Uh because Mr. Opposite AJ at the moment, if we were starting the season today, it would be Brandon LaFell. And if you've ever listened to our show, you know exactly how we feel about Brandon LaFell, <laughs> which is absolutely no positive feelings towards him, fantasy purposes-wise, with his 50% reception percentage. So, With a future Hall of Famer. With a future Hall of Famer. Right, and, let's be clear. And, and it was freaking Tom Brady Bill Belichick as yeah. your coach, who... I, I, and I don't even, you know, I have... How is he still living, right? Is that why you're not saying? About like, the Patriots. But, no, my thing is, Bill Belichick, of, of almost every coach in the NFL, he gets the very best out of his players. He will yeah. look at a player and say, this is your teeny little minute skill set that you can actually provide to my team that I care about, and I'm going to get this out of you. And he was unable to get that out of Brian LaFell. I feel like this was one of his biggest failures of Brian LaFell. He's just like, oh, I don't understand how is this still not working? Anyway. I think he's still sticking pins into his little voodoo body. Probably. More reason. I mean, I don't think LaFell will be check. by the end of the season. If not sooner, I do think Boyd will take over. So keep Boyd in your mind. Well, I got into a conversation. We did, actually, because it was on the Her Fantasy Football Twitter handle uh, with one of the Cincinnati Bengal beat writers. And because, you know, I had posted something about Tyler Boyd and, and about how... Um, at least it's not Brandon LaFell, right? And then he was like, well, they're different because Brandon LaFell's going to be down the field and Tyler Boyd's going to be in the slot. And I was like, yes, but again, Tyler Boyd should have a greater percentage of the passes because Brandon LaFell cannot catch the ball. And if it's going to be an Andy Dalton offense without Hugh Jackson, and then it's Brandon LaFell who can't even catch 50% of the passes from Brady, I'm just saying I want Boyd to get as many passes as possible because we can't trust LaFell. I, no. I, I just don't know what to say. And this guy was like, well, and he was defending Brian LaFell, and I was like, we just have to stop talking. But stop, nice, sir. Nice to meet you. Stop. But, like, you know, it's just you're like... Well, need I remind you, A.J. Green's your down-the-field guy. That's who they're going down the field to. They're not going to yeah. bypass for Brian LaFell. They're not. They're like, oh, he's a red zone target. I was like, to who? No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> I would almost rather they give the ball to Jeremy Hill in the red zone. And that's saying something. Go I ahead. will say right now, I'm not all against Brandon LaFell. Oh, Courtney. Wow. This is a high offense. This is a high offense, guys. They have to score points going against these these teams. I'm not totally against Brandon LaFell as a Bengal. I think right. you've got better, riskier players to pick up the Brandon LaFell. That's all I'm saying. Rod Street. Including Jeremy Hill, who I will <laughs> who I will is my ultimate favorite, and I'm sure every Bengals fan who listens to this show is like, why did she have to get this team again? All she does is tear apart my players. But I love Dalton. I'm not gonna talk about Dalton because I love him. But Jeremy Hill <laughs> is <laughs> apparently using his ever so timely fumble from the playoffs to motivate himself this season, you know? And his quote was 
if anything, the fun will motivate me as a player and will continue to help me the rest of my career. Um, and then he basically went on to say something about how he embracing this mistake and waiting for an opportunity to be able to overcome it. All you do is fumble, Hill. So I don't understand why this is now the moment <laughs> that you've decided to have it have a positive impact and motivate you. Probably half of your touchdowns were fumbles in the end zone that you just kind of happened to fall. <laughs> so if I guess if this is the moment, overcome it, buddy, because I can't handle the Bengals in 2017. I won't do it. I'm gonna call like a veto on that team draft pick if I get them another time, and he's still fumbling anyway. <laughs> um, so I don't even know where to start with that but at the same time what's really frustrating is he was still a top 14 back in standard leagues last year even despite his horrendous fumbling in the end zone issues and fumbling in general and, and, and just overall inability to hold on to the ball he still is a top 14 back so what does that say? Enjoy enjoy guys and Tyler Eifert <laughs> Um, nothing really to worry about there. He went under a, a minimal procedure. He had a loose ligament in his foot. Um, three-month recovery bad. time. Yeah, it's a three-month recovery time. He's he's thought to possibly miss part of the regular season and preseason to some extent. But I think this is good news for you because you're still drafting Tyler Eifert. And if you're in a league with some inexperienced people, they're going to see an injury next to him and they may not draft him. You pick that guy up. He had 13 touchdowns last year. The guy scored on 20% of his targets. That is a crazy high percentage. So, Eifert, yes, don't be too afraid. He's going to play. He's still worth your pickup. He's still worth a number one tight end position, unquestionably. Even though Brandon LaFell is the new red zone target? <laughs> you are right, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon drops you LaFell is going to take some red zone targets from Tyler Eifert. No, that's not happening. <laughs> I'm done Browns. with my Browns. Browns. Oh. All right, the head coach, Hugh Jackson, believes that running back Duke Johnson could be an every-down back. Now, I'm not quite sure that that's mm. actually going to happen. Um, you know, he had a chance to win the starting job in 2015, but he had hamstring injury in the preseason. Remember, he, people were really excited about him. Yeah. Now, I, he is the pass-catching back, and if you remember, Hugh Jackson was Mr. Cincinnati Bengals' offensive coordinator, and they had Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill, and that's what he's hoping is going to happen now with Isaiah and Duke Johnson. So uh, Brian Hartline was released, and Aww. Terrell Pryor is still on the team. How crazy <laughs> is that? I just want to make sure we're all is, clear. Yeah. Uh, Sweet experiment salvation lives on. for Brandon. I'm raising the roof over here like it's 1999. Um, anyway, they did wide receiver Moneyball in the draft, so it's no surprise, really. But Brian Hartline, see where he lands. He had eight catches in the last three games that he played of last season, and then he went out um, due to breaking his collarbone. Uh, but he's kind of a PPR guy in weird circumstances. So especially if you're a daily person, he's always cheap. And he could That's be profitable. As far as fantasy is concerned, quarterback controversy. Supposedly, Josh McCown is playing very well. And, you know, Hugh Jackson keeps saying he's not just going to hand RG3 the job. It looks like uh, rookie Cody Kessler is probably going to be the third string, but Jackson really likes his accuracy. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Browns. But I thought I'd bring it up. It's the Browns. What do you want? Hey, quarterback. Give them a bone. Yeah. Oh, the Ravens. The Ravens. I will start with Brandon's favorite because I love him. Rashard Perryman is oh. on the field at OTAs, you guys. He has been sighted. He is moving. He is doing things. He's alive. He's amazing. 
Yeah, and he didn't even break. He didn't even break like he did last season. Um, no big moves, no really, like, real cutting, but he was running and catching passes. I mean, that's exciting. So, whoop, whoop. I mean, could the 26th overall pick from 2015 actually play this year? It's too soon. It's too soon. We too don't soon. know. It's too soon. It's Perryman, you guys. We don't know. Yeah, gotta win it. Yeah, that's yeah. We gotta win it. Yeah. Well, we won't know until the like minute before the first game if he's gonna play in in an NFL game. So we're gonna cross our fingers. Speaking of which, Dennis Pitta is still in the NFL. Uh, this poor guy. He just no, he's not poor. He chooses to play. Everyone tells him not to play. You know, and it's like he wants. To play, and I get it. You love the game, but like, you gotta know when to quit, man. You gotta go know when to quit. I mean, he hasn't played since early 2014. He hasn't even played. Remember how everyone was like drafted him really high last year? <laughs> Didn't even play. Didn't even play. Hip, bam, another hip injury. And it's just, it's crazy. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I hope people do not tight, do not draft him because it's not going to last for long, guys. People are still drafting uh, Johnny Football. It's yes. unbelievable. Yes. It's... People still Are people still drafting Tim Tebow? Probably. Is that still a thing? Probably. There should literally be settings in all of the actual platforms that if you draft Dennis Pitta or Johnny Manziel, you actually get kicked out of the league. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Default. Bloop. Yeah. I or like Tim that, Tebow. actually. Or who? Yeah. Tim Tebow. Tebow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, kind of like I was. I think it was last year, two years ago. I was able to draft Tony Gonzalez, and I'm like, he's retired. What is he doing in this potential option? He deserves that respect, Ashley. Yeah, he does. It. He deserves it. He should be there this year too. I. I. I he should. Uh, <laughs> he should. Dennis Pitta. I will say, you guys, I am most excited about covering the Ravens because of Steve Smith Sr., a.k.a. Triple S Sauce. I love him. I'm so excited he's back this year. He's one of my favorites. Do you remember when he got 186 yards and two touchdowns against that Cincinnati team, Ashley? Remember that? I do, Courtney. Love him. I remember it because I was playing against him that week. And I wanted to murder him. And <laughs> I love Steve Smith, though. Like, I, I was, like, cheering and hated him all at the same time. It was amazing. He's great. Anyways, the Tennessee Titans, my team that I hate to let go, but it's Ashley's now. Yeah. I know. I honestly wasn't excited for this team at all. But then you got into it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm kind of actually excited to see what it's this is do. Because they are. They're like the misfit toys with so much potential. Yeah, they're fun. Starting off with Delaney Walker, Ooh. who signed a new deal. which not is a misfit. To all of our... I know. He's a music to all of our ears. That's what we wanted to hear. He's like the one yeah. like pseudo-consistent player. They're like, oh yeah, Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker. And I love the Titans picked up Rashard Matthews, which I think is a great pickup. Uh, he's been rumored to already be developing chemistry with Mariota in terms of off-season workouts. So that's exactly what you want to hear. Um, and he should be a nice pairing with Doriel Green Beckham. Again, now Beckham has had hamstring um, issues with limited off-season workouts, but it's a really interesting potential combination. And then let's also not forget about Kendall Wright, who, in fairness, I've always been very touch-and-go about, usually on the downs on. Um, but he <laughs> said that he feels more explosive, allegedly, in his current weight of 195, which is 12 pounds heavier than he was last year. So that makes compute to maybe like 200 extra yards maybe 
Maybe. 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 Mm. Doubtful. But Justin Hunter, you can pretty much forget about that guy altogether as well with the addition of Richard Matthews. I don't think you're going to get much out of him. You can maybe stash him on your bench if you have a really deep bench. But again, I don't think you really need to because he'll be around for you to pick up if you need. I wouldn't waste a roster spot with him. But if there is any doubts as to who is the starting running back on town, Delaney Walker said... Derrick Henry is going to be a monster on the offense, and he's also gotten a stamp of approval from their center, Ben Jones, which is exactly who you actually need a stamp of approval from as your center, um, you know, who said that he's really excited, can't wait to see what he's going to do behind the Tennessee Titans improved line. So everybody's feeling really good about Derrick Henry, um, you know, and because the only person I apparently take any sort of stout, in, you know, stuff in is Delaney Walker, who again clearly says the only person on the team that will have these updates from is Mar Marcus Mariota, who's been really vocal this offseason, which is what I want to hear, that he's been actually looking more comfortable, and he's making quicker decisions, which is really good, because he was pretty injury-prone last year, and he's put a little weight on, so I think this is actually going to help him stay healthy in the fact that he is identifying and making quicker decisions instead of getting himself into a little bit of a sticky situation where he gets hurt, because he is a runner. So... I'm excited to watch this team. I think they got a lot of potential. They could completely implode again. But they could be I decent. hope not. Yeah. I think the most frustrating thing all season is going to be deciding whether DeMarco Murray or Derrick Henry will have the load for the week. I think we'll field more I, questions I about that committee than anything else in any of our shows. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're going to go Derrick Henry. I think they're going to committee it. It's going to be disgusting. They probably I, will. I but. hope it's a committee that's actually very successful. That's what I'm hoping. It could be possible, you guys. Give me a committee that's super successful. Shut up. It's possible. Okay. I like that. I like Center's into him. Center's into him, so I'm into him. I like it. Uh, Philip Dorsett suffered a hamstring injury at OTAs on Tuesday. Oh, He's a no. speed guy. We don't like that. He continues to mm. be injured. It's an issue. Dante Moncrief had surgery on his toe early in the offseason for turf toe that was bothering him. Now, supposedly this was more of a um, precautionary thing just to, so that it would stop nagging at him, and no one seems to be concerned. In fact, people are more concerned about Philip Dorsett's hamstring injuries than they are about this toe. So he should be back by training camp. He should be fine. Shouldn't drop the stock. Uh, Andrew Lux says he's good to go. Took part in every drill during OTAs. Supposedly his shoulder and kidney injuries are behind him. Still, last season was tough for him, even before the injuries. He only played in seven games, but he had 13 turnovers and only completed 55.3% of his passes. You hear that, everyone, who took him first overall? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> so rough. Freakier. So Freakier. Uh, more on that in another show. We just don't have time to dive into Andrew Luck. Uh, good thing, though, they got center Ryan Kelly in the first round of the draft. I think that's very important. Uh, they're hoping that he'll be basically Andrew Luck's Jeff Saturday is what they're hoping. So for Luck's sake, <laughs> he needs it. Again, all opinions ride on the center. So so there you go. Uh, the Indianapolis Star reported that T.Y. Hilton shines, and I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, yeah. T.Y. Hilton is like everything for them. Uh, Number one, that would be concerned if he wasn't shiny. Aaron Rodgers, he shines, guys. He's no. doing pretty well. Tom Brady can play football. Yeah, woo! 
Weird. That's I was my new article. Sweating it. Sweating it. Worried about the running game, though. They have Frank Gore, Robert Turbin, and Jordan Todman. Not great. Mm. Not great. And and Frank Gore has really been sturdy and able to, to to do a decent job. And he continues every year. We count him out, and he's proven everyone wrong. Um, I just have a feeling this is the year that I'm not I'm not into it. I think that's back the ranks. It's the offense for me, actually, more than Frank Gore as to why I'm not into it. Yeah, and their line and everything. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, the Texans. I'm really not into this team, guys. No. No, no, <laughs> no. no. This, um, this one could have been passed around. Know, I love JJ. And I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, no, I'm not into it. I mean, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, he's obviously a fantastic player. But the Texans, if we're going to do a little update here, they aren't close to contract extension. Um, they did exercise the fifth-year option on him. So now while Hopkins is confident that both sides will be able to work something out, he's technically under contract 2017, so that could go one of two ways. Either he plays his tush off for big money, right, because he'll at that point be able to demand that as Bryant kind of money, or he'll be very frustrated and we're going to see some interesting production out of him. Now you throw in the fact that we got Brocky Brock Osweiler as your quarterback, and it may not even be his fault. Or maybe they'll be okay. Now, a week and a half ago, Brock said that he's having fun learning a new offense and trying to get comfortable in his new surroundings. Quote, it's fun. It's hard to judge that progress because we haven't hit the practice field and gone against the defense. But it's like you speak Spanish your whole life, and then all of a sudden one day they tell you to go learn French. And I do it in front of 70,000 people. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. I think that's good. I, it's true. It's true because the offenses are so crazy. Those playbooks are so nutsos. And, you know, he barely played for the Broncos. The lot, and I mean. The Kubiak non offense. Yeah, and the Kubiak non offense. Yeah, but I'm not sure I equate it to learning a whole different language in terms of, for the most part, you've got your football acumen, right? You've got your acumen yeah. here. I mean, yes, yeah. terminology is different. Yes, you need to learn the. the the playbook and whatnot, but I don't know. That makes me nervous. Nervous. But I am excited for Lamar Miller. So he's someone that you know, I don't you can never necessarily count on. Uh, we won't know anything until preseason, but Lamar Miller said the offensive concepts are similar in Miami. So I do like that. Um, with the main difference being terminology, as we said, which is always the case when you switch teams. The terminology is always different. But the main thing I need for him is I need this guy to feel comfortable and I need him to feel secure this is going to be a very painful season because if that guy doesn't feel secure in his job to some extent, it just gets brutal. So Give him the ball. That's all he needs is just give him the darn ball. Yeah, Miami wouldn't do that. They gave him single-digit yeah. carry six times last year. Yeah, I, and then they gave I it agree. to him. He great, and then they take it away from him again. It's like, give me a break. Miami was a nightmare. But I think, we got, I think we got a good shot of him getting the ball a lot because French is really hard to learn. So <laughs> they're going to need to depend on the run game, right? It's true. It's true. Yeah. So yes. salut. Salut. Tout à l'heure. Tout à l'heure, Brock. Comme ci, comme ça. Oh, we're not fluent people. All right, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you know, the biggest news coming out of Jacksonville is that they newly drafted Jalen Ramsey, underwent surgery yesterday for a torn meniscus, meniscus in his right knee. Um, but they expect him to be back for training camp in July, so it shouldn't be 
that big of an issue, but I hate injuries right off the bat. I hate fixing and it things that happen. It always happens to the Jaguars. It always, and that's what I was about to say. I just feel like the Jaguars have the injury bug, and they just can't get rid of it. And then they pick up Chris Ivory this offseason, who you know hasn't finished 16 games in one season since I don't even know when. You know, I just really, I just this is not my favorite. I swear, if the injury bug gets to my Allen brothers, I'm gonna be so upset. Don't like I can't sure. handle it. it like happen. I can't. I'm knocking on wood right now because I'm like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Like it just, it's no. No, I'm so excited to watch this team and cover this team. Do not ruin this for me. Um, Bortles and the offense seem to be meshing really well together during their second year in this offense um, offensive scheme under um, offensive coach Greg Olson, not to be confused with tight end Greg Olson. It's easily to do. Uh, but, but I, you know, I hope so because, you know, Blake Bortles was only fourth in quarterback rankings last year. He should be one. Right? <laughs> How much better is this going to I mean, the, the, the key guys in fantasy did so well for us last year for like no money. Like, and oh, I, yeah. I, just, I won all my leagues with Blake Bortles and Kirk. Yes. Cohen. Yes. Oh. You people take your quarterbacks early this year. I will take my Bortles and, and be just fine with it and, and probably have a better season than you. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, I, I just love this team. I'm really excited, and I, I Alan Hearns is my guy. I just really want him to take yeah. care of me this year because I'm drafting them every time I can. Patriots. Well, again, Brady is currently suspended for four games because it's you know Groundhog Day, and we just can't get out. We just can't get out. However, he did appeal in the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeal. Oh my God, he's so annoying. Arguing that the two judges. <laughs> Decided with the NFL to have Brady's suspension uh, suspension reinstated. Quote unquote, got the law wrong. We'll see. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> I don't rule out Brady or the Patriots ever. They always. Well, Peyton's win. the sheriff and Brady's above the law. It just all makes sense to me now. It all makes sense. <laughs> So uh, more on that drama every time we have a podcast, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, Dion Lewis, running back, tore his ACL on November 8th, but reports this week say that he will be back by week one. Those reports were from ESPN. I hope so, but we're not going to be able to see him really at training camp, preseason. They're going to hold him out. And, you know, the problem is they also have LeGarrette Blunt, James White, Brandon Bolden, Donald Brown, you know, and, and whenever you draft a Patriots running back, it's a little Russian roulette. You're not quite yeah. sure, and they go with the hot hand a lot. So it is uh, a bit of a risk, but he will be lowered down because of that risk. So weigh it accordingly. Once we get closer to the drafting times for most people, we're going to have a better idea on what to tell you about him. Very talented player. Hopefully he gets well soon. Julian Edelman underwent underwent his second foot surgery. He had his first surgery after week 10 last year, if you remember, Came back for the playoffs, but he came back too early. He was not fully healthy, and so he had surgery again. He says he's going to be back by training camp. That makes me feel good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think that's going to be that big of a deal. Deion Lewis, I'm, I'm a little He knows the offense, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, Julian he's plug, and, plug and play, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Um, right now, the other two wide receivers for starting are Danny Amendola and Chris Hogan. Super annoying. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hogan. Um, Hogan's heroes. Uh, he might be a little bit of a sleeper. You I know, Bill Belichick. I think so. 
we talked about this. He kind of gets the best out of every player, and I think he likes what Chris Hogan is bringing to this team. So um, I think it's also a middle finger to Rex Ryan because they didn't really do anything with him in Buffalo. So yeah. it's, I mean, especially when they play Buffalo twice a year, I'm yeah. putting Chris Hogan on any daily lineup I can, just putting that out there because Belichick, for whatever reason, Rex Ryan really gets under his skin, and he will do anything to make him feel bad about himself. So, and Hogan um, will be cheap. So, cheap, 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 cheap. cheap. As far as uh, fantasy concerned, Rob Gronkowski scored the most fantasy points for a tight end last year. That's no surprise. But he tied with Jordan Reed with 11 touchdowns, and Tyler Eifert scored 13. Also, Delaney Walker, Jordan Reed, Gary Barnage, Greg Olson, Jason Witten, Zach Ertz, and Benjamin Watson all had more catches than Rob Gronkowski. Interesting. Now, again, uh, Gronk is fantastic. But he, right now, he's going as the ninth player in ADP. Okay. Mm. Um, while the second tight end is Jordan Reed, and he's going at number 40. There's a big difference there in values, so we're going to talk more about that later, but that'll be something that'll be and interesting. And what's so interesting is the second tight end off the board, huh? Yeah, his ADP is at 40. If he yeah. can stay healthy, I can understand it to some extent, but this was like the one year that Gronk was healthy and played in like... He still was the number one scorer. I mean, like, let's not get, you know, I mean, <laughs> he's fantastic. twisted when he catches that he runs for. Yeah. He's I'm just amazing. surprised he didn't blow the other guys out of the category, is all well, I'm saying. For yeah. a year that he usually blows everybody else out of the category when he plays half a season, and he played nearly a full season. Well, I'm just saying there was a lot. There were a lot of good tight ends last year, which was a yeah. rarity. So do you think that happens again, or do you say, you know what, no, this guy's the most consistent Number one tight end, for sure, do I just take him anyway? Something right. to think about. The Bills. Sammy Watkins had surgery again <laughs> on his foot this offseason. He was seen at the OTAs on Tuesday with a walking boot and on crutches. Same, it's the same book, you guys. I keep reading it over and over again each season with this guy. It's amazing. To some extent... A lot of these guys do little surgery updates in the offseason. It's like fillers for them. Well, he's going to be missing <laughs> preseason. He'll be, he, they should be ready by game one. So this isn't like, I'll be back. Right, yeah. You know, in July. Yeah. yeah, week one of preseason. This is, yeah, hopefully week one. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. I have to tell you, the GM went a little nutso this last week with saying, this is the game of football. Injuries are part of it. It's a violent game that I personally don't think humans are supposed to play. Oh <laughs> You're the GM of a team. <laughs> what awesome. a drama king. What Ooh. a drama king. Seriously. Don't ruin my parade over here, Mr. Whaley. I don't have time for that. Um, but anyways, I'm looking forward to this team being the most like improved of 2016, I hope. You know, when you start looking at all the players and standard scoring, it's they didn't do awesome, you know? And so they should do awesome because they have all the components to do well. I love Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor, excuse me, but he didn't even make the top 15. LeSean McCoy 
didn't even make the top 15. Granted, he did miss four games, but whatever. You drafted him really high. Like, you need him to be, you know, you need him to produce that. Sammy just squeezed it at 15th for wide receiver. So I just feel like we got to see some fours and eights in this team. They can do it. This is a good team. This is a good team. The Jets. So we all have our notes, and I was looking at Corey's notes. She's talking, and for some reason I read that as LaShawn Moody. Um, we're all slightly dyslexic <laughs> in our house, and I thought this was Courtney disrespecting yet again. I was like, hilarious, Courtney. LaShawn Moody, so perfect. <laughs> I was on this particular podcast we're recording exceptionally late because I got stuck at a musical. I also do theater on the side, so I apologize. So we're all kind of like, what am I reading? <laughs> yeah, I literally thought it said LaShawn Moody, and I was like, oh, Courtney, you did it again. You did it, you again. Did it again. So funny. So funny. So good. <laughs> Um, the Jets. <laughs> anyway, um, the, the ever so fun quarterback drama that is the Jets is still going. So overall, uh, Coach Todd Bowles is say he's impressed with what he's seen from Jill's other rookie quarterback, Christian Hackenberg. Um, now, the Jets director of player personnel has said that he also has high hopes for Hackenberg, but all these warm, fuzzy feelings for Hackenberg doesn't actually mean they don't feel great about their other backup quarterback, Bryce Petty. Now, this is how kind of that pecking order would play out in theory, right? So if Fitzy comes back, there's absolutely no chance that Hackenberg is going to play, right? If Fitzy doesn't come back, then we've got an interesting little mix here of Hackenberg will probably be over Bryce, Geno Smith will probably be the starter, which is going to be another fun, interesting little spin there. But... Um, you know, we don't have any movement on Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has expressed that he does want to re-sign with the Jets. Uh, he has said that he would like to be back. But sadly, his options have kind of played out at this point because, you know, it has been three months, chess mass at this point, of negotiations. They're still at a standstill. And while the situation could change, all the teams that need a quarterback have already gotten themselves a quarterback at this point. So either... Well, I don't know. The Cleveland Browns only have, like, three quarterbacks. So they could probably right, but well, that's true. I would still take Fitzy there. But, <laughs> but for the most part, he kind of has either sign a team friendly, sign the deal, what he didn't want to do, or retire. And I don't think he's going to retire. So no, I, I do think sign the deal. Fitzy will end up on this team, but I'm just kind of over this drama, and we will continue this until somebody signs something, which is unfortunate. But I'm really excited about Forte. Really excited about Forte this year. Uh, I think he's going to have a heck of a season. Yes, people are nervous because he's an older running back. Again, people die after 30. But with the whole quarterback situation up in the air, they're going to have to rely on Forte heavily, both in the ground and in the air for the quick drop-off. So I think he's going to be awesome, and that is what I am most looking forward to with this team. Nice. The Dolphins, formerly known as the Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins, the top contender for Arian Foster, as I said earlier in the show, rumors started back in, you know, March about this. So I don't know what's going on, but I think this is a good place for Arian Foster. I think they can afford to have him, and I think that they would use him, and I think that he would get the best out of the deal. Um, so make it happen, you guys, seriously. And this isn't fantasy relevant, but the Dolphins are going to be the host of the 2020 Super Bowl, which will be the 100th year of football. So congrats to Miami and the owner for putting millions of dollars into your stadium instead of feeding the hunger, the hungry. There was a point there. 
Or feeding anyway. the hunger. <laughs> <laughs> Her hunger. The hunger yeah. that was Lamar Miller that never got fed. Seriously. Oh, Richard. I'm going to miss covering Richard. I loved Richard. Yeah. And if you know. didn't hear it already, Peyton Manning went to Miami and worked with Tannehill on Adam Gaze's offense. So can Peyton save Tannehill from himself? I doubt it. But it'll be interesting to see this year. I had high hopes from last year. It's not a good way to start off the season with Seattle and the New England. I will say that for the Miami Dolphins. It's not awesome. Um, but, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with the Miami Dolphins, so I, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm excited or, like, really upset that I have to cover this team again this year. Um, I do love Landry, but I just don't want them to screw me over again. And Landry's the only one they have left, so please don't yeah. do it. Odds aren't in your favor. Yes, talking about screwing you over and their players. This is San Francisco 49ers. Words cannot express how excited I am to cover this team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we'll start off with Anquan Bolden. He is still an option for the San Francisco 49ers, but the team likes young receivers, and more than likely he's going to have to wait till closer to training camp preseason to actually find a team and I hope he finds a team somewhere because I love him yeah that's about where my positivity ends when we talk about the San Francisco 49ers so we'll get into what everyone wants to hear me completely having a mental breakdown so <laughs> <laughs> so Blaine Gabbert has allegedly impressed Chip Kelly uh, with his athleticism Ooh. during these offseason workouts unfortunately so has, allegedly, Colin Kaepernick. Chip said of Gabbert, <laughs> he's extremely athletic. He's It's interesting. The three of them, if you look at Driscoll, Blaine, and Cap, they're all 6'4 or taller. They all can run. All of them are exactly at a 4.640 yard dash um, or under. And it's really rare to have three guys that can do the same thing. It's beneficial to you. End quote. I don't know if I'd say anything about that is beneficial if you look historically at how Chip they Kelly should have gone to the Cleveland Browns. That's where but, he yeah. deserves to be. So it, we apparently still have no idea who's going to play, but Gabbert and Kaepernick are expected to compete and like hash this out for who's going to get the starting job. I'm sure it will go Kaepernick. Um, but we all knew that. I'm rooting for Kaepernick. Who are you ladies rooting for? Well, Hashtag a, is this real life. This girl's a lawn <laughs> shot. I mean, I just, I don't think, I mean, at least Kaepernick's got, I don't know. Oh, I hate Hashtag, hashtag Tim Tebow. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm rooting Kaepernick. Oh, man, I oh, hate myself. I hate myself. Oh, this is a girl who said she would no longer be a Broncos fan if they took him. That's true. I would stand by that. But, but you're not a San Francisco fan, what, you don't care. But I think what's even more upsetting to me is that Chip Kelly is all in and super pumped about Carlos Hyde. Not to say that he shouldn't be, but I would rather Chip Kelly not like him so that he doesn't destroy him. Because what Chip Kelly does is he destroys really good players. Usually not the first year, but the second year. Yeah, so, yeah we might have one more year left. You got, you got a year on Hyde if he stays healthy. He's 100% yeah. healthy right now. They're, they're going full-blown. They're not nervous about him at all. So that's the good news. But I'm very nervous on there for Carlos Hyde in a Chip Kelly offense. So, Cardinals. 
No real news, uh, except for that everyone keeps asking Larry Fitzgerald if this is going to be his last year. And then also, I didn't know that Larry Fitzgerald Sr. was a sports writer. And so Larry Fitzgerald Jr., who's the guy who plays for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, hid himself and went to a Bruce Aarons interview uh, as part of the press corps this week. So he's just having fun. That's <laughs> life. Uh, and you know what? Arizona just has it together, so there's not a lot to talk about other than the fact that the wide receiver situation is always going to be interesting. Michael Floyd is going right now um, first off the boards at the ADP of 57, so in the fifth round, Fitzgerald's 64, sixth round, and John Brown, number 82, and that's usually around the seventh round. Now, last season, uh, Fitzgerald had the most points, then Brown. He only played 15 games, 30 points less than Fitz. And then Floyd, 15 games, 22 points less than Brown. But I agree still with the ADP. I think Michael Floyd will be the most involved this year. And that's why you can't always look at the stats from last year and project forward. You have to project forward. So that's my point. Nice. Seattle Seahawks. So, retired, allegedly, Marshawn Lynch still hasn't filed retirement papers, which is really interesting. He has also not contacted the team about his plans for 2016. Now, Richard Sherman says he, he wouldn't put anything past Lynch <laughs> if he thought Lynch could return to the NFL, um, and I wouldn't put anything past the guy either, especially because he's been building houses for homeless people in Haiti. So the guy probably just hasn't had time to decide what he wants to do for 2016, nor give two beeps about contacting the team about what his plans are, because his plan at the moment is for building shelters for homeless people, and maybe he's just going to roll in and be like, alright, what team wants me? I can 100% see what's going to happen here. So, uh, I wouldn't blame you if you decided to have a crazy stash for Lynch at this point in time, if you had an early draft, or if you're in Dynasty and you don't want to you got a super deep dynasty. I'm not going to fault you for that. Um, but the running backs, Thomas Rawls, Michael, um, and CJ, they're going to be called on to, to fill that spot as of right now if Lynch does not play. And even then, they may still. Um, but the Seahawks have said, I'm sorry, Doug Baldwin has said that it is in the Seahawks' plan to go back to the run this year, that they are not going to have as much of a passing game. This has already been stated. So... With that said, I'm not even going to talk about any of the wide receivers that have been drafted on this team because it's a complete waste of everybody's time. <laughs> um, welcome back to 2014, my friends, where there's not a single Seattle Seahawks wide receiver that you should consider for the most part other than maybe Baldwin. Now, <laughs> where I'm concerned here is that if we look at Baldwin, right? So Baldwin had a great year last year. But just to give an idea of the discrepancy in the years, he had 15 touchdowns in four seasons. And last year he had 14 touchdowns total. So that was a ginormous jump for him. Yeah. And there he is expected at this point in time to get only half of the targets that he got last year. Half. Now what's interesting is he only dropped two passes in all of 2015. Yeah, he was very good. He was dead on, and that is what he said he's working on. He goes, I am working on, I am focusing on catching every ball that is thrown my way this season. For the pure fact, he's going to have half the targets this year. Yeah. So, I'm, me personally, I'm downgrading this guy to a wide receiver too. And I hate to say that, but if they're going back to the strategy of just running the ball, where does that leave us? Because, again, that left us with Doug Baldwin having only two decent games a season. I think they'll abandon that. 
but who knows? We'll see. I'm just saying, based on stats, people are going to take him crazy high. Like Brand said, you can't just look at stats from last year and, and draft that way because they're, they're allegedly, at least in the season, abandoning that strategy. They're not going to be a passing offense the way they were last year. I need to see that Thomas Rawls is healthy before I can believe that. Yeah. I need to see Rawls in action because I'm a little worried about him personally. With reason. But, I mean, they at least moving forward, their plan is to, is to go back to the run. Yeah, I agree. We gotta wait and see, but it, oof, I'm not drafting Baldwin super high. All right, Los Angeles Rams. You know the one thing, good thing about the Rams last year was their defense. Well, not just last year, but previous years, there really was nothing going on other than Gurley um, come in season. But yeah, and they lost a lot of people on their defense this off season. Don't. Draft the St. Louis Rams thinking you're getting the same team that you got the year before, the year before that. It's just, it's not the same. They lost a lot of people in their secondary. And I feel like Mr. Doug Baldwin might burn them twice this season. We're yeah. not have to worry about we don't have to worry about the 49ers, but Baldwin might. And we know that we know the Cardinals well. So um, unfortunately, I'm sad about that. I'm also kind of sad that I just I don't know if Jared Goff is really ready to play in the NFL, and I don't think they have any other options. So they're going to go with him. They drafted him first overall. They have to. You don't pay the guy that much money to sit on the sidelines. I'm just not 100% sure that they're going he's going to give you what they want. For especially somebody like Tavon Austin, who we're hoping for a lot out of this year, um, fingers crossed. I don't know. It's... You know, we're hoping for more receptions than 52 for Austin. With Goff as the quarterback, I'm just not sure if that's going to happen. I kind of see Gurley really stepping in and taking over the offensive role. Detroit Lions. You know, I do. I live my life wondering what Tavon Austin would have been like on any other team in the NFL. I know. So true. I know. I have no idea. a Belichick team. Yeah, I mean, but I there's just so much untapped potential, but I don't know if he would have ever lived up to it, but it definitely is rough in Los Angeles now instead of St. Louis. Detroit, no real news other than the fact that we have to come to the terms of, of a league without Megatron in it, which is sad. Yeah, it's over. Uh, as far as what I'm looking forward to, it's Jim Bob <laughs> Cooter. And I'm just yeah. going to say Jim Bob Cooter as many times as possible uh, for the next season. And uh, maybe this is an Abdullah year, because I was not into it last year, and I was right, not to be a jerk, but everyone was like, Abdullah's the next Adrian Peterson, and everyone needs to grab him immediately, and then it just became a disaster. One of the highest-ranked uh, passing backs was actually Theo Riddick. Yep. So I I'm very interested to see what Jim Bob Cooter does with the offense without Megatron. Oh, every time you say it, brings me Bad. to tears. It's the saddest thing ever. Sorry. All right, the Packers. Um, well, Eddie Lacy's weight is getting under control, thank heavens. Um, he still needs to lose more weight, but much closer to the weight that he was when he arrived at the Combine and performed so well. So hopefully he can get down, you know, go from five touchdowns that he had last year back up to, you know, around 12, 14, you know, really keep his starting spot, that would be great because I do not want this running back by committee thing happening again in 2016, We, you know, because we got Jordy Nelson back, you guys. He's Ooh, back. Cool. He's actually participating in OTAs, but he is participating off the field and doing drills, and he says, you know, he's been 
catching passes since April. So this is awesome. Talk about making money without playing. That man showed how much he affects the team and that he deserves every penny that they give him. So pay him more. Pay him more. I'm, I, this is all. This is good, guys. This is a very good thing. Jordy Nelson. This is going to help Randall Cobb. This is going to help Aaron Rodgers. This is hopefully going to help Eddie Lacy, and hopefully this will be the team of 2014 again for fantasy. Uh, I really hope they're not a disaster because I want to. I want to enjoy covering them. I really do. Minnesota Vikings. I would say Jordy Nelson is the second best non-playing MVP in the last decade, only behind Peyton Manning, the season Peyton Manning didn't play, and you're like, wow, this team implode. Jordan Nelson <laughs> yeah, is second Jordan behind Nelson that without, it. yeah. yeah. Tony uh, Romo's up there, too. Tony Romo's up there. Tony Romo's up there, too. Definitely, definitely. Through that. Um, <laughs> so we'll get to the Vikings, who could also implode, but... The no, they're going to have a decent team. year this year. I think they're going to be decent. So, Teddy Bridgewater states that he really likes what he's seen from Treadwell thus far. I don't know why he wouldn't like what he has seen from Treadwell thus far. Agreed. Um, I, I, I think he's going to be fantastic, and I think it's hard to not be excited about it. I and mean, you got some pretty like subpar performances to some extent from Stefan Diggs and Charles Johnson throughout the year. So, you know, Treadwell's expected to be the number one guy out of the gate. Uh, he's got a great ability to grab the ball. He's got great speed off the line. I'm excited about him, and he's a really great blocker, which is even better because that's usually one of the things that receivers are not great about is blocking when they enter the NFL. That's that's one of the skills they have to really teach receivers, and he's he's allegedly really good at blocking out of the gate, which is even more exciting because that's going to play nicely into the current Vikings offense, which is purely AP. He says he's going to play till he's 40. So AP, I just had to bring this up. I'm actually really excited for the ridiculousness that is... AP that I get to cover him this season because goodness gracious so he has apparently decided guys that there is such a thing as a preseason in case you were wondering AP has not even touched a game ball in the past four preseasons the last four years he's not even touched a ball in preseason game so he said you know what I feel like getting out there and playing a little bit it's something that once that time comes around I'll have a better feel for like hey I need to get out there and kind of get my legs moving and get the pads on a little bit. I can tell you, though, I'm definitely more itching towards playing a little more in the preseason than I have the past seven, eight years. He literally said the past seven, eight years. <laughs> what other player do you know just decides at the age of 22, you know, I don't think I'm going to practice. I'm not going to play in preseasons. I'm not yeah. into it. I'm not into AP. it. AP. AP. You know, I think I might play this preseason, guys. I'm getting an itch on my leg. Maybe I'll play this year since I haven't the last seven. He won't. He won't. Of course he won't. Of course he won't. But <laughs> I'm going to let him do that. They're going to be like, I'm no. excited for the, yeah, if, if all of them, it's now actually rest yourself now that you're older. But, like, no. I'm super pumped for all the ridiculousness that is AP. Love it. Love it. The Bears. Kevin White is running. This you have exciting. all the wide receivers that didn't play last year. I have the sophomore misfits. I do. I have all the sophomore misfits. This is very exciting for me. Um, we were all very excited about him last year, and again, he did not play. He got hurt. So you know, this is this is a good. This is good. We're excited. We're back. The Bears are coming back. Langford. He's been working on catching the ball. Thank God. Um, you know, he says he's, he's been running a lot of routes and been using his hands more, so I'm into it. 
you know, Linkford won me some games last year, and I'm looking for him to do the same this year, you guys. I'm into it. I like him. I think he's going to get, I think he's better this offseason. I really do. I think he's going to be legit. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic about this team. I don't think I should be, but I am. <laughs> right. I am. Right. <laughs> I just feel like a good. I know. <laughs> I, I know. Breathing. I know. I know. I know. This is a team that can implode really fast. Um, they have yet to like be good lately, but you know, like this is a team for fantasy that can like really go downhill real fast. Luckily for you, there's not tons of fantasy on this team. Um, you know, Cutler's kind of waved himself out. You know, it's, it's we're okay. We get good value for this team now, you guys. So this is good. This is good. I'm into it. The Cowboys. Put me on the bench, coach. <laughs> Opposite of put me in, Jay Cutler. Uh, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo isn't worried about his long-term future. He thinks he can play for four or five more years, even after multiple collarbone surgeries. Mm. That would put him in his 40s. Woo! So crazy to learn people. Yeah. Um, supposedly people he looks phenomenal. Oh sure, sure. They're saying right. he looks phenomenal this off season. Phenomenal. Yeah, you, don't get, you don't get hit in the off season. You don't get tackled in the off season. No. Nope. Uh, Des Bryant is going to have more X-rays on his injured right foot soon. Hopes to participate uh, more as the off season progresses. I'm concerned about this team, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm concerned moving forward. Ezekiel Elliott, I think this is going to be a run-first team. Mm -hmm. I think that that draft pick was just glaringly clear. We have one of the best offensive lines in all football. We're going to put one of the best running backs to come out of college football in years behind it, and we're going to try to save this Tony Romo character until he's right. in his 40s. Get the ball so, out of his hands. Yeah. I, and then if Des Bryant has a problem with his foot, we're not going to push it. I think that I'm I'm concerned about the fantasy prospects for this team. So I'm looking forward to seeing the preseason and, and again, looking at the formations. What are they running? Why are they running? It's going to be interesting. They're getting old. That team's getting old. The Giants. So the Giants, I expect mediocre output in terms of real football with this season. But I think fantasy-wise, we still got some stuff to work with. Elon Manning has had nothing but good things to say about their new wide receiver, Sterling Shepard, which should not be unexpected because he was one of the best guys in his group in the draft. So that was a great pickup, and I love the idea of pairing him with OD, OBJ, whatnot, um, who's going to have another great year. Now, allegedly, they're excited about the trio of Odell Beckham, Victor Cruz, and Shepard. Uh, <laughs> Victor Cruz, my friends, I mean, he says he feels great. Uh, he feels he'll be ready by training camp. With that said, he is still not practicing at 100%. So in my opinion, under no uncertain terms can you draft him. You cannot draft this man right now. I am sorry, and I love Mason Victor Cruz, <laughs> and I wish him a speedy recovery and that he comes back, but you cannot put yourself in that situation right now. Uh, unless you can get him insanely low in your draft, maybe you want to stash it, but... Mm. Deep, deep, deeply. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then again, the running back situation—they're expected to go over Shaw Jennings. He's expected to be the workhorse. I don't think that again is that much of a surprise. Even though they had a bit of a committee going last year, Jennings still had almost half of the carries. He was not the 
48% or so of how many carries that he got, and allegedly they're going to increase that this year. With that said, keep your eyes on Paul Perkins, who's got potential to steal some carries. Mm -hmm. but he's not going to steal, I don't think, enough carries away in a substantial manner that should deter you from Rashard Jennings, but I also wouldn't, would not stretch for Rashad Jennings because it's just, ugh, they've been dicey on the running back situation for a while now, so I don't, I don't love it. Right. And I'm, sad to, I'm sad to see Giants without Coughlin. That's really sad for me. I'm going to struggle with this team with no Coughlin. It's true. Yeah. No red face. Um, so Washington, wide receiver Josh Doxson was uh, drafted in the first round, but he was limited during OTAs due to a sore Achilles tendon. I don't love that. No. But it's a reality. He's trying to get used to the playbook. It's all a little murky. Still, I believe in Josh Doxson, but I thought I'd mention it. Uh, wide receiver Deshaun Jackson is not participating in voluntary workouts this week, but he has visited the facilities. He's fine. There are no problems. I just wanted to take that off of everyone's mind. Running back Matt Jones is expected to stay healthy and secure the football this season. Ha ha ha. Uh, and general manager uh, McLaughlin uh, says he has no concerns that he can do both. Come on now. You know, hey, it could happen. He That's, had a rough start. Was... He had a rough start, a rookie season. I'm letting it go, but again, I'd like to see this before I, I get not. too into it. Him and, and Jeremy Hill meet up to play hot potato, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's really bad. Uh, okay, I did a piece suggesting that Kirk Cousins, who's currently going off the board as the tenth in the tenth round, you can get That's Kirk crazy. Cousins, the fifteenth quarterback off the boards. Awesome. I think it's because he loves Creed. There were articles yeah. about that. I think that's what it is. I think it we is. have to really question his decision making skills, and I think that's the only problem. Creed the movie. Pay. What? Creed the no, movie. The band. The band. Wow. Oh. That is questionable. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, Creed was good, the movie. <laughs> you are correct. That's like liking Nickelback. It's unacceptable. Yeah, oh. so I think that's the only reason, because I'm telling you, I'm fine. I will wait. I'll just yeah. take yeah. cousins at the end of the draft if that's what this is about. That's fine. I he had the highest completion percentage in the league. Quite a bit once the seasons start picking up and uh, I'm more sorry. drafting. Who would we admit say like Creed? I'm baffled. He said loves Creed. <laughs> loves Creed. <laughs> I can see Give the, the guy a break, you guys. Give the guy a break. He's Why? Because he fosters dogs. That does not, dogs. That does not wipe away dogs Creed. While he listens to Creed. There's nothing wrong with that. I thought you were talking about the movie. I thought it was like Michael B. Jordan. What's the big deal? He was good. Stallone. <laughs> no problem there. No problem there. Philadelphia Eagles. Well, it appears at this moment, May 26th, just, the day just started, so it's early, um, that Bradford is still the starting quarterback. So we'll see. Uh, I don't know how long that's going to last. Supposedly wins his third strain, but when Bradford gets injured, I'm really... I'm really going to be interested to see if they can put Chase Daniels in, who's only had 77 passes in his six seasons in the NFL, instead of wins. Not, yeah. yeah. I don't see that happening. No. I don't see it happening. They but... always shuffle that when it comes to a rookie. and then. Well, they say they don't want to put him in. They need, he needs time to learn. He needs time to learn. It's like, he's from North Dakota. I get it. You're scared. Nobody's from North Dakota. 
But it's fine. It's fine. He's not a polar bear. Seriously, get over it. What are we scared of? Really? It's not so. Ruben Randall is now an eagle. He's also sidelined after having his gallbladder removed. Not a normal football injury. Not at all. But hopefully he can get back on the field soon because he's competing for the ball with Jordan Matthews and Nelson Aguilar. Or Aguilar. Aguilar. <laughs> Aguilar. Um, and I have to tell you, I'm just most excited that Chip Kelly is not on this team anymore, and I do not have the San Francisco 49ers, and I do not have to worry about this. I am. I'm rubbing it in because I feel like this is a brand-new team. Even though I covered them last year, I feel like this is a brand-new team. How many times I'm, do you think Courtney's going to call him Nelson Aguilera? This, uh, no, Aguilera. congratulations. I mean, this is not fantasy relevant, but to Kristen Aguilera for winning The Voice, the first female to win. I'm into The Voice. I love that. It's just talking about it with my dad after we got done talking about football. <laughs> you know, dad and I bond over The Voice and football. So this is the Williams household. That's right. New, New Orleans Saints. So quarterback Drew Brees said that he will be on the field for OTAs on Tuesday, May 24th, even though the two sides have not been able to reach an agreement on his contract extension. Uh, they're going to. It's There's nothing to get worried about. It's fine. Uh, New Orleans Saints are expected to sign free agent place kicker Connor Barth. Uh, they released Josh Scobie, who we thought maybe was just on the Jaguars, and that's why things weren't working out. Ends up just things don't work out for him, which is too bad. But Maybe he'll find a new home. And they signed <laughs> former Charger wide receiver Vincent Brown. Uh, as far as fantasy is concerned, you know, will Mark Ingram stay the guy? He's going 24th overall in ADP. A steal? I mean, he was the 15th highest scoring running yeah. back, even though he only played in 12 games last season uh, due to a shoulder injury. He seems to be fine. So uh, target that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Leave it to the Bucks to pick up a dicey player. <laughs> they are hoping that uh, Kenny Bell will be the speedy receiver that they are hoping for, and this is due to his 4.37 40-yard dash. But he missed all season with a hamstring injury, which I don't like to hear. So we've got some injury issues to consider and absolutely nothing to go off of in terms of predicting how he's going to do this year. So... Look for him to take snaps away from Vincent Jackson. So that is where I would predict him to fall. I don't know if he's worth taking a, uh, you know, a grab on, but you know, it is what it is. And I know Courtney will yell at me for talking about this non-fantasy relevant player, especially because we're running late. But I have to, Courtney, and I am sorry. But Peyton Barber could make his way onto a 53-man roster because he's cheap, dirt cheap, and it's a potential upside. He was actually a pretty sought-after free agent. But he went to Tampa Bay for the fact that they have absolutely a horrendous running back situation, so he's got a chance to play and actually make the team. But he did receive a lot of repetitions in practice and full scrimmage, and they felt really good about it. And so they like where his potential on this team could be. And the real reason I want to talk about him is this kid has a really interesting story. He decided to enter the NFL draft after only starting nine total college games at Auburn. And he did so because... His mother is homeless, and he wants to be able to get her off this on her feet and off the streets. So this was his way to try to make some money to get his mom off the streets. So I'd be thinking, why would a team take a chance on a guy who's only played nine games? Well, he actually had over a thousand yards, scored thirteen touchdowns in nine games at Auburn. That is wow. some serious potential. This guy is a, is a, a, for me a potential sleeper. I like the idea of him. 
So, and then Jameis Winston, this to be absolutely no surprise, but <laughs> the Bucks QB coach said that he can improve on his technique and accuracy. Yes, yes, he can. <laughs> uh, with only fifty eight point three percent. He cannot correct Mike Evans' hands. He cannot correct those, but that is fair. He can do better in his accuracy. I do agree with that. That would be a really interesting stat to see what his actual percentage was if you take out the outlier of Mike Evans. What his completion percentage was, but it wasn't an outlier. He had so many targets. It's not an outlier. That know, was their but, game. But Mike Evans can't catch the ball whether it's Tom Brady throwing it to him or anyone else. He only catches half the balls anyway. Well, maybe it would make a difference with Tom Brady. To be fair, a, a rookie quarterback was throwing the ball. So fifty percent is not acceptable. I agree with you. No, never acceptable. Never. Atlanta Falcons. They picked up Mohamed Sanu and Justin Hardy. Uh, is the other guy in this Kyle Shanahan offense that's only going to throw to Julio Jones anyway. So there's your non-news of the day. Um, <laughs> speaking of, the Falcons were 18th in red zone scoring last year. And Matt Ryan told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that he's more comfortable in the Shanahan offense now after a bumpy 2015 adjustment period. But again... The Kyle Shanahan offense is throwing to the wide receiver one or running the ball with your power back, period. So is that Matt Ryan's way of agreeing with you about Kyle Shanahan, Brandon? But listen, that's a fantasy dream, Brandon. That is a fantasy yeah. dream. You know what they're going to do. They know they're going to produce. Shanahan always has a top five running back. You know you can draft his running back and feel good about it. Absolutely, so. you can you can get those two players, but I wouldn't draft anyone else on this team <laughs> if you paid me money. It's the best team ever to cover, I'll tell you that, Brandon. It's the best <laughs> team ever to cover. There's no sleepers, two there's players. no surprises, there's <laughs> two players. Thanks, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Unless it's a really, really bad bye week, and then Matt Ryan's... Uh, I love Brandon had to end with Kyle Shanahan, which means she's not going to talk about the team. She's probably like, easy write up, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan team, I'm out. Now, that is going to be my analysis soon. Yeah. Oh, Carolina Panthers will end on them. Um, Calvin Benjamin has not been seen at OTAs yet. He apparently has left for family um, family reasons. So I don't know about you, but I want to see this guy play. I just want to see him play. I want to see the chemistry of the team. This is a thing. Get back. Come back. I guess there's a few players that left for family um, reasons. So. Next week, hopefully, we'll look better. Um, but he's not the only wide receiver who was out and got injured last preseason. Stephon Hill is back on the field, and this is a big thing. All of these guys are six foot four or taller um, with these two and Funchest. <laughs> Funches. <laughs> Boring checkers. Um, which means this is a huge receiving core for a huge quarterback to be throwing to and I love that I love the sound of that I hope I just want to see it all so we can like start wrapping our heads around this new offense that we're looking at for the Carolina Panthers because it can't all just be about defense which unfortunately they learned the hard way um in the Super Bowl. So we need to come back on the offense. I'm, I'm rooting for you, Cam. I don't care if other people don't like you. I love you, and you're the reason why I'm excited to cover the Carolina Panthers this year. And that's it, you guys. That's our show. That's our show this week. Uh, I 
We appreciate you listening, and we had a great time. Um, make sure you listen to us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football, and on iTunes. You can also rank us um, five stars there. You're not allowed to rank us anything else. It's really weird. It's this glitch. I don't know. So just put in the five stars, and you can get it counted. <laughs> really? No. no. Are you kidding? Oh. <laughs> Brian's like, I should report that. And we're like, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, no. You can also <laughs> chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. Until next time, no more faking it. <laughs>